Welcome to What's Cooking Palm Beach with Chef David Pantone, Dean of the Lincoln Culinary Institute in West Palm Beach, also known as the Food Dude. Chef Pantone has been serving up amazing meals and desserts at some of the finest hotels and restaurants in New York City, Miami, and Palm Beach for most of his life. Now let's head into the kitchen with What's Cooking Palm Beach, sponsored by Lincoln Culinary Institute, a division of Lincoln College of Technology. Welcome to What's Cooking Palm Beach here on News Radio 1290 WJNO. I'm Joel Malkin here with Chef Pantone from Lincoln Culinary Institute. That's in West Palm, right at 45th and 95. And uh, Chef also goes by the Food Dude. Yes, it's a fairly new show to WJNO here. Uh, premier radio show about all things food in South Florida. Everything uh, from soup to nuts, right? That's it. It's a uh, food and cooking, eating, healthy eating, food in the news. Food events, food trivia, superfoods, food lessons, cooking tips, techniques, everything, everything educational, right? The and more we learn, the better we can cook, the better we can eat, the longer we can live. Yeah, so this stuff is serious to me. You know, in my world, food is everything. It's art, it's science, it's culture, it's entertainment, and it's my passion. So what you eat and what you drink has a direct effect on how you feel and how you act, how you sleep, and how you think. Yeah, it is all about food. You know, they say you are what you eat. I've been saying that since I was a little kid and probably long before that. And I guess you take it to the umpteenth degree. <laughs> because it's true. That's If you put bad stuff in your gas tank, you would understand why your car's not running correctly. But we often put bad stuff in our gas tank and, and don't realize why. But I, I really think we know. And part of the show is to make sure you understand that. Right. So you can have a better lifestyle. And I know we're going to be answering some email questions uh, here a little bit later in the show. It's a one-hour show here on WJNO, What's Cooking Palm Beach. I want to give out the email if you have one, uh, What's Cooking at chefpantone.com. That's chef, P-A-N-T-O-N-E. Uh, dot com. So uh, look forward to uh, having Chef read those emails to see if maybe we might be able to get to yours today, in fact. So we'll see That'd what happens. That'd be cool. Uh, now, we, we do this show in a very unique way. If it's your first time listening, because it is about all things food, uh, it is set up as a menu. So what's on today's menu, Chef? Fantastic. On today's, our starter on the menu is going to be about superfoods. We'll, we will spin the big wheel of superfood and find out which one we're going to feature today. The main course is going to be the lesson of the day. This one's really cool. It's called Three Ancient Grains. Okay, we're going to talk about frica, quinoa, and teff. If you don't know what I'm talking about... I don't. And, and <laughs> maybe other people don't either. You will be ahead of the curve by listening to this show. You'll know what's coming down the road. These things are thousands of years old, but not in our society. So they're coming back. They're, they're super cool. Mm. And uh, we'll do some local food events so you know what's out there tasting good in the community and some food in the news. Got to stay in tune with the food news. All right. Uh, so we're going to start with uh, our first course, and that would be what? The superfood. So there's this category of foods. This is totally unofficial, right? But we make stuff up a lot. Superfood. Well, that's marketing. I didn't make right. it up, but the whole right. marketing thing about superfoods, a lot of organizations got together and they evaluated the nutrient density in different foods. So if you're going to eat something, the idea is you want to eat the food that's got the most nutrients in it for the fewest calories, the fewest weight, the fewest size. So we're looking at uh, the number of calories in each of the foods, and we're looking for how much vitamins are in them, minerals, phytonutrients, essential fatty acids, fiber, all of the things that are good for you. You could take something like a bag of Skittles, and in that bag of Skittles, there's a little tiny bit of something good for you. Really? I'm sure there is. There must be. Maybe not. Maybe it's the bag. <laughs> However, you would have bag. to eat 20 pounds of it. it. 
You might have to eat 20 pounds of it to mm. get it. So this is the total opposite of that. These are foods that are just so jam-packed with goodness and nutrients that uh, you work them into your diet, and they're going to make you happy every day of your life. I promise. How about that? All right. So we, we have a big wheel of superfoods that we spin every week, and uh, we're going to see where it lands and what food we're going to talk about. So you ready to spin it? I'm ready. My arm's all warmed up. All right. Let's go. Come on, come on. Yes! Acorn squash, one of my favorites. And you, you have, you put things on a, on a superfood score as well, on a, a, a basis. Yeah, there's a lot of different organizations who evaluate them. The, the one that I go to first and foremost has arranged a score from zero to a thousand. A thousand being the gold standard of the most nutrient dense foods and, and kale is one that scores a thousand. We talked about that last week. Winter squash and especially acorn squash, huge, 444 on the scale of 1,000. So that's wow. that's pretty darn huge. Uh, cool things about winter squash, A, it's winter, so you're seeing these things. Here's the deal. Ready? These are those things that you see at your grocery stores in the, pro, in the produce section. They're in the wicker baskets, and they look so pretty. Next to the pumpkins, you have a variety of these winter squash. Most people buy them and put them on their dining room table and they look lovely. And then after a couple of weeks, they throw them away. That's not what they're there for. They really taste fantastic. They're amazing. They're easy to cook. They're full of nutrients. So stop wasting God's gift of the winter squash. The acorn squash, that's that really pretty one. It's kind of orange and sometimes green and yellow. It's shaped like a giant acorn, right? It fell off an oak tree. It's a yellow, orange flesh. It's kind of sweet. It's got natural sweetness to it. Any of, th- any of these foods that are very colorful are going to have natural sweetness to them. Uh, it goes fantastically with bacon. Bacon's not oh, a superfood. got my attention now. But if I can get you to eat acorn squash because bacon's involved, um, that's, a, that's a half a plus point. We'll go okay. with that. We're getting closer. How about garlic? It goes great with garlic. It goes great with maple syrup, uh, spices, nutmeg, sage. Um, it's all those beautiful wintry flavors, too that we in our society have kind of gotten far away from unless we eat, have a, a, a cup of pumpkin latte or something. <laughs> eat the pumpkin. The pumpkin's the good part for you. So it's one of those squashes too. Also the butternut squash, the spaghetti squash, they are all three of the best winter squashes. You're going to see them all in the same basket. They're really, really good for you. Rich in vitamins, minerals, dietary fiber, antioxidants. The... Um, the acorn squash is especially high in vitamin A, niacin, folate, thiamine, B6. Really, really good for vitamin C. Okay? Uh, easy to cook. Here's the thing about the, some of these vegetables. A lot of their vitamins are water-soluble, so what you don't want to do is cut them up into cubes, cook them in a big pot of water, and then drain them like you would do for potatoes. A lot of the vitamins are going to be in that water. Now, there's only a couple of freaks like me who like to drink that water because it tastes... Mm. i got to tell you, Joel, I'll know I have crossed the bridge with you when I see you drinking some acorn squash water. It tastes amazing, (laughs) right? It tastes amazing, but most people would just dump it down the drain. That's where all your vitamins just went down the drain. So what you want to do with the squashes is dry cook them, and that's either going to be roast them, you can bake them, you can grill them, you want to dry them so that... Dry cook them so that all of the vitamins and nutrients stay in the fruit itself huh. in, the, in the squash itself so it's a, it's a fruit and not a vegetable yeah all right I, as it was coming out of my mouth we have where is it is it a vegetable or a fruit it's a squash let's go with okay. the squash all right 
There's there's some that are right right on the line, and there's like a rule of thumb. But yeah, there there is a there's a botanical rule, whether it's the flower, whether it's the seed, whether it, whatever it is. Right. But I'm going to tell you, it's candy. Okay, can I get away with that? This is not even a vegetable. It's candy because it can be so beautiful and sweet and luscious. I want you to eat it like it's candy. Once you get used to these foods, the getting used to part is the there's no chemicals in them. There's no additives in them. There's no preservatives in them. They, they taste like food as opposed to all of the processed food that's killing us. So it is a candy. Once you taste this thing, you roast it properly, it's going to be very, very uh, sweet and delicious. You're going to love it. Full of antioxidants, right? Big buzzword, the antioxidants. Right. American Dietetic Association lists winter squash as one of the best resources or sources for antioxidants and especially beta carotene. So really, really important. The beta carotene is great for your eye health, prevents uh, age-related macular degeneration. How cool is that? Just from eating good winter squash. Yeah, and uh, talking about uh, the vitamins, and I don't, I don't think you mentioned this, a half a cup serving uh, of, of the uh, acorn squash uh, gives you, what, 20% of your recommended daily allowance for vitamin C? How about that? Would you, wouldn't you think I mean, about it's that? It's a half a cup. That's these. I talk about nutrient. Say, say oh, nutrient like dense. Say n- it. Nutrient dense. You're on your way to a healthy <laughs> lifestyle. Well, I'm still stuck on the bacon part. <laughs> okay. Uh, Look, and you have a really, really cool recipe at uh, chefpantone.com for uh, roasted acorn squash. You talk about all the things that you can do with it. Um, uh, we're going to send you to the website again, chefpantone.com, for that recipe. But just give us some of the items that you, you put in there. Sure. The first part about this recipe is it's going to be a two part recipe. Because uh, the second part we'll get to later in the show. The roasted acorn squash, this is just basically how you roast acorn squash, right? You wash it because you don't know how dirty it was, whose whose hands touched it. You're going to uh, cut it up, and uh, you'll read all about it on the website. For this one, I like to have a little brown sugar, a little bit of butter, salt, and pepper. That's all it takes. All right. And again, you can go to chefpantone.com to uh, read that uh, full roasted acorn squash recipe and all the other recipes that we're going to uh, be talking about today and uh, any of the recipes we've talked about on other shows as well. So uh, make sure you check that out, uh, chefpantone.com. You can also email what's cooking at chefpantone.com. And I mentioned that because we are going to get to an email question from a listener and we're going to do that right after this at What's Cooking Palm Beach on WJNO. Training in skilled trades like HVAC prepares you for careers that build America. Start now at Lincoln College of Technology at their West Palm Beach campus. You can gain technical skills and practical knowledge in refrigeration fundamentals, residential climate control, basic electricity, and more. Visit LincolnEDU.com for student consumer information and to schedule a campus tour. Lincoln College of Technology for careers that build America. Visit LincolnEDU.com today. All right, we're back here at What's Cooking Palm Beach here on WJNO. And once again, I want to give out the the, uh, email address, whatscooking at chefpantone.com. Dave from Boynton Beach, he writes, Hi, Chef Pantone. My family watches you on TV every Thanksgiving morning. Uh, Well, you're on TV. Bro, you don't watch me every 21 I, years, every Thanksgiving morning <laughs> on the local news. Let's, too. let's give it a plug. You're killing me. Let's give it a plug. <laughs> Lincoln Culinary Institute is proud to sponsor Thanksgiving morning on, we do on the NBC affiliate and the Fox affiliate. Every news Thanksgiving. Channel 5 and Fox 29. Fantastic. Every year for 21 years. So one what? person in this room wakes up at at least 1 a.m. on Thanksgiving morning, goes down with a bunch of students who are helping. It's fantastic. We prepare about 10 different dishes ten, uh, two different times on the news. So that must be me. 
All right. So I have a lawyer. <laughs> Good for you. I have a loyal listener named Dave from Boynton Beach. Hey, Dave, thanks yeah. for the shout out there. Yes, he, he watches you. And uh, he wants to know, how do you make homemade eggnog? Perfect time of year for that question. It's amazing. And it's so easy, right? It's so easy and it tastes, sorry, tastes so much better than the processed stuff that you get from the stores. And uh, it's really like it's about the same as vanilla ice cream that's melted down. So it's that same mm. kind of thing, especially if you ever made your vanilla ice cream. It takes egg yolks and egg whites, takes some sugar, milk, heavy cream, bourbon is optional. Sure. Sure it's it optional. is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Drink eggnog responsibly, okay? Some people like to put a little rum in it, and uh, the key ingredient is nutmeg, Okay. Nutmeg is this cool little bean. Look, I got one for you here, Jewel. And uh, if you have nutmeg, here you go. If you have nutmeg in your pantry at home and it's been sitting on the shelf for like 10 to 20 years, you got the dried, powdery nutmeg thing, I want you to get mad as heck and throw it out the window. Yeah, you're, you're, you're holding what looks like a nut in a shell, and I never really thought about nutmeg coming from a nut. An epiphany right I've here I've only on seen the, end. the powder. You've seen the powder. <laughs> I've, never, I've never seen that, that nut. Now, is that a nut you could actually, I mean, would it be edible to, would it taste okay to just eat like it is? Look, I have a, um, I have the little nut and I have a little microplaner, or it's called a rasp also. Also, it's a little grater, and I'm going to grate a little bit here, Joel, right on your desk. Okay. Right on your hand. Oh, you hear the grating? Smell this one or smell that All one? All right, we're going to smell, we're going to smell oh. the nutmeg. This is, uh, where do these grow? They grow in the Caribbean. It's spicy. Yeah, it's that's what that artificial flavor is that they try to duplicate in the fake stuff. So there's no shell on the outside. This is you. This is all edible. That's it's all edible. It's real crunchy and hard. So you have to grind it up real fine. Here's the deal: once you use fresh nutmeg, I promise you, you'll never go back to the old powdery stuff. This is amazing because it's fresh, right? That's kind of the theme mm. of the show: make it fresh, make it good. I'm not trying to be snobby here, but the stuff. <laughs> But food is so important. Why would you use something that was ground up in some factory six right. months ago? This is fresh and delicious. That'll make your uh, your eggnog taste amazing. You'll love it. Now, you also want to use egg whites? Yeah, you use egg yolks and egg whites. So uh, you'll whip it together. You'll whip up your yolks and some sugar and make it light and fluffy. Then you'll pour in your uh, – I like to do the cooked method. So I make sure that there's no bacteria or anything in it. And I cook the milk and the cream, pour that into the – into the yolks and cook it like vanilla sauce or sauce and glaze. It's uh, the base for creamy French vanilla ice cream. Cool that down a little bit. Pour in the bourbon, a little fresh nutmeg. Then you whip up the egg whites and some sugar into a meringue, stiff peaks. Fold that into it. Let it cool down. Crazy amazing. Guarantee the best you ever had. And not hard to make. It's worth the effort. No, and you can uh, print that right off from your website, uh, chefpantone.com. Now we're up to your uh, chef special for today. The chef special today will be a lesson. This is a a wide-reaching lesson, and I'm calling this one, What's Old is New Again. So the lesson's on three ancient grains. The grains that we usually use in this country, we use wheat a lot, we use oats a lot, you use barley. These three grains that we're featuring today were parts of ancient civilizations that they were the mainstay of their civilizations for thousands of years, right? So these are tried and true. They didn't cross over the ocean into our society very well. We got hooked on French food and Italian food, Greek food. That's all good, Chinese food. These mostly come from the from Africa and from um, northern Africa, southern Africa, and parts of Asia. Three we're featuring today is called – first one's called Frika – 
The second one's called Quinoa, and Quinoa's getting pretty popular. I think uh, most of you know what that one is. Third one's going to be Tef. Okay, so Frika, I just, A, I like saying the word. It reminds me of a disco song from back yeah. in the day, right? Freak out. Yeah. Thank you for doing that. My wife said if she did that, she was going to, if I did that, she was going to leave me. But I said, well, let's see if we can have Joel do it. That Can't was, leave me. <laughs> very good. <laughs> so Frika is super freaky, super cool, right? Here's the thing about Frika. It's wheat, just like our regular wheat, the amber waves of wheat in our uh, Midwest. So the legend is that 10,000 years ago, some young man was watching the fields, and maybe he fell asleep. I wasn't there, Joel, but I think he fell asleep, and his fire that was keeping him warm got out of control and burned the wheat fields. I think his father was not happy with him, but uh, burned down the wheat fields. Now, the wheat was still fresh and green, right? It was still growing. It was not ready for harvest. He was going to grow it and dry it and harvest it just like we do our wheat. So... They needed the food, right? How can you how can you live without the wheat? They, they lost the wheat. So they went through the burnt-out wheat and found the seeds, the wheat grains, and since they were fresh and young and green, they didn't burn. So they, he said, look, Dad, we can still use these. These good. I'm sure he got beat again. That was not good. But that, <laughs> I'm thinking Dad would be angry. And so they used the wheat, and it had a cool, nutty, smoky flavor. Because since the wheat was still green, it didn't burn. Like trying to burn green leaves, they don't burn. They get smoky. So they started using this smoky-flavored wheat. And then they didn't rely on the kid burning down the fields by accident. After that, they would burn them down. At a, they would harvest them, lay them all down, start a fire, burn them, and put it out right before the wheat could dry out and, uh, and, and to burn itself. And you have this smoky-flavored wheat. And that became the mainstay of... Uh, Ethiopia, different kind, different parts of Africa. There, that's the mainstay in the Iberian Peninsula, and and it went through uh, Egyptian food, North African food, as one of their grains. Now we're most familiar with couscous. Again, mm-hmm. another cool word to say, right? Mm-hmm. Couscous. Everybody couscous. Like, right. And that's kind of that's the marketing part. We like to say couscous. Couscous that we use here is really um, factory-made pasta. It's the same as spaghetti. It's the same as anything else. I'm not trying to demystify, but it's not just the grain. It goes through the process. It gets cooked. gets made into little pellets. Really easy to cook, and America has embraced couscous because we like to say the word. I predict that we're going to embrace frica because that's a super cool word to say too. So the thing with the frica is it has a little smoky flavor as opposed to wheat, which has very little flavor at all. Hmm. So you're starting with a base of some kind of flavor. What you do with it after that, that's up to you. You can do a million and one different recipes, techniques, flavor profiles with these different ingredients. That's how much you you know and how much you practice. So the recipe that I have for Frika today includes a lot of my other favorite things. As a chef, oh, you, get to, you get to do anything you want. If you like it, you might as well make it. If not, you make it for somebody else. So in the Frika salad, I made a Mediterranean-style Frika salad. I cooked the Frika. All the directions are on the website. Go take a look at it. I added some of my favorite things. These are a few of my favorite things. I've got feta cheese inside. I've got sun-dried tomatoes, parsley, lemon juice, extra virgin olive oil, and uh, scallions and capers. It's pretty amazing. The the uh, tie between the two recipes today, I'm going to stuff the acorn squash with this frica salad. So I have two of the best superfoods around. Wow. Right? So the um, the frica itself is wheat, right? So it's not gluten-free. Some of the other herb, uh, some of the other grains we're going to talk about today are gluten-free. The frica is not gluten-free, so it's not good for you if you have celiacs. 
Uh, but it just tastes pretty amazing. And again, you can make it flavor anything that you want. And so you've got the Frika salad, and again, you can go to chefpantone.com and see the uh, recipe for that. And we have it right here, and I know we're going to be uh, inviting some folks in to uh, taste that shortly. Um, but you say it's it's a cereal food. Do some people eat it for cereal? Yeah, and cereal uh, cereal in the old country, in the old world, it means like porridge. Mm-hmm. means like mush. Uh, I'm thinking of a good word. Hmm. There aren't too many good words. All those old world words aren't right, sexy. Right. It's not Captain Crunch with Crunch Berries. Right. That's no, it's awesome. More like, an, it's more like an old oatmeal or a, or a, a, a grits or, or a, I eat cream of wheat every morning. Good for you. Cream every morning. Yeah, the plain cream of wheat. And I, well, I put a Splenda in it, so I'm sure okay, I'm that's cool. killing myself there. But um. <laughs> I'm not here to – I'm just here to educate. But, you, uh, and then here's some, some really cool things here. In Egypt, they make this – is it, am I reading this correct? They stuff a pigeon and they eat the and they eat the pigeon sure. with the frika in it, right? And these aren't the pigeons that grow under the bridge. I'm from Pittsburgh. We used to have a lot of pigeons grow, you know, living <laughs> under the bridge. This is a different animal. This is like a guinea hen or a little uh, quail of that kind of a pigeon. But that's, it's in the pigeon family, and they and they eat it over there. I mean, it's a poultry. Yep, and okay. and that's one of their traditional meals. That's what they like to do. And in Syria, they often serve it with lamb and onions and butter. And uh, almonds, black pepper, cinnamon, cumin, season up with a little bit of salt. And, of course, lots of fiber in it. Four times the amount of fiber. Most of your life, you don't even care about the word fiber. You hit a certain age and you say, Mm. hey, fiber, hmm. Mm -hmm. So in in our society. As long as you have a working restaurant. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's part of living. It's better beats the alternative. And, and then we have a lot of lot of diabetics in society today, sadly. And uh, this has a low glycemic index as well. That is correct. And you'll find that most of these all-natural foods, uh, straight from the grain, straight from the garden, have very low glycemic effect. So it doesn't shoot up. Your insulin doesn't start overproducing. It will help you stay balanced in your diet. All right, we're going to go on to our uh, our next one here, and uh, that is, and I'm going to, I want to say it, say because it because you, you look at this word and it's spelled, and you can again see it at uh, chefpantone.com, and you see Q U I N O A, and I think the first time I looked at it, I said, "What is that?" Uh, 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 quinoa. It's exactly but, quinoa, but it's but that's not how you say it. You say, and I have learned now, thanks to uh, <laughs> uh, Chef David Pantone from Lincoln Culinary Institute. This is an educational show. It is. Quinoa. That's amazing. You want to make it French, just, don't you? It sounds well. It just sounds fun saying it. It almost looks like an Indian, like a like a Native American word. Uh, it, that's really good. So it's kind of Native American, little South Native South American, the Peruvian Andes. Does that mm. count as Native okay. American? Sure. Wow. Why not? It does today. <laughs> <laughs> that's South America, so they're Native Americans too. Quinoa is becoming very, very popular and very mainstream. You're going to find it at your grocery stores. Usually you'll find red quinoa or white quinoa. Again, it's a, a food that comes from, this one comes from Peruvian Andes 3,000, 4,000 years ago, something like that. Deal with quinoa. Ready? It's got all of the essential amino acids, essential and non-amino acids. So it is a complete protein, right? Uh, people ate in the old days what they had. You think chasing a saber-toothed tiger was easy and catching <laughs> one of those? That didn't happen every day. Seemed okay day. on the Flintstones. Yeah, it was <laughs> it okay seemed like it was that much work. Today we need, we are American, we are rich, we are powerful. We need meat three times a day at least, right? We have bacon and sausage, bacon and sausage for breakfast, and we have a big sandwich of something for lunch, and then for dinner there has to be a steak. If there's a potato, okay. And hopefully what? we mix the gym in there at some <laughs> point, right? 
This is not really how we were engineered to be. This is all marketing. This is all society. This is what we've become. And unless you're interested enough to look back and see where it comes from and why people eat or ate what they eat, ate what they ate, then you just you just don't know. My superhero was Curious George the Monkey, right? He's just curious about everything, so he would try everything. My goal is to have people listen to this radio and show and say, hey, sounds kind of interesting. Maybe I'm going to try that. Mm-hmm. So... The Peruvians harvested this quinoa, had all of the amino acids. In case they didn't get any animals to eat for that month or that whatever, they had full protein in their body. So you can live off of this stuff. It's pretty amazing. Uh, it's gluten-free. It's not, uh, it doesn't have the two molecules that make up gluten. And uh, huge on fiber, phosphorus, magnesium, iron, uh, easy to cook. All of these things are easy to cook. They, they mean, they, here's how you cook them. You put them in boiling water for X amount of minutes, and you take them out, and they're done. And uh, quinoa is also in this, uh, in this salad as well, right, the frica salad? Uh, I didn't know. I'm not on this one. Oh, okay. All right. Um, what, about it, your, what about your third one? Yeah, let me tell you one interesting thing about quinoa. I thought okay. this was kind of interesting. So NASA, right, send people to the moon. They are um, exploring using quinoa as one of the crops that will be grown in outer space and on the next planet or on the next, when we set up a colony. So I'm sure there's a lot of things that we eat today that aren't on the list to be able to... You think there'll be a McDonald's on that uh, planet? (laughs) I didn't want to say that, but (laughs) hell no. (laughs) Because... There won't be shooting saber-toothed tigers up there. There won't be so any. It's like they can start from scratch they can and, start and actually from scratch. have a healthy society. Sure, they're not going to be raising chickens, uh, right. at least at the beginning, or cattle or anything, but they'll have a healthy society. Healthy because it's got all the amino acids. It's got everything that your body needs. Well, it'll be only skinny, on skinny people up on the, uh, up in, in space living in the colony. You know what? You know what the cool thing about no eating for, well? for us fat guys, right? You eat well, no, but not you, you, me. <laughs> you can eat twice as much if you want to. And still have the same calories. If you want to eat a lot, you can eat a lot. It still will be healthy. You'll gain weight. There's uh, heavy people who are who are vegans who are well in uh, space. You healthy. don't in space. You don't weigh as much <laughs> anyway, so. right? I like the way you think. <laughs> so, All right, <laughs> this show this show's not a hardcore fascist health eating. <laughs> it's just exploring new things that maybe yeah. you don't know. We can yeah. talk about hamburgers every week if you yeah. want, but I don't know how much we'll learn about them. Well, um, I want to learn new things. That's what inspires well, speaking me. Speaking of new things, this is another word that I learned t- today, and that is teff. That's T-E-F-F. not how it's pronounced, though. It's, t- it's pronounced tafa. No, it's not. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> you said teff earlier. <laughs> uh, set me up. So what is teff? Teff is cool. It's one of these ancient things, again, from uh, Ethiopian highlands and the uh, Horn of Africa. It's a grass, right? It's a wild grass that grows. It's very, very high in fiber. It's high in iron. Uh, provides protein, calcium. It's uh, in one of those uh, families similar to millet and quinoa. It's easy to cook. And uh, a couple of cool things about teff, it's such a tiny seed. Researching for the show was the first time I used kef, uh, teff, mm. right? So part of doing this show is me learning new things, too, and then I want to pass them on. The teff is— You've not actually never cooked with teff. I have now, but getting ready for the show, right. I have. Wow. Uh, before, okay. I, before, I never did. Part of what I like to do is learn new things. That's my— my most important mm-hmm. thing is to learn new things and then to share them. And to share them with your students as well, being the uh, the dean at the Lincoln College. How cool Institute, is that? That's my course. job. Yeah. So will you, be, will you be making a dish at, at school uh, with Teff? Yeah, we certainly will. Okay. I made pancakes a couple of days ago. Oh, from so you the did do it with the, with the students. Okay, right, great. right, right, right. And uh, if you want to just touch that. You don't want me to taste it, do you? 
Uh, you could taste it if you want. It's not cooked or anything. It's going to get stuck in between your teeth. Interesting thing about teff, it's the, they call it the smallest, the tiniest seed of any of the grains that we grow. It's, yeah, no it doesn't taste like anything, no not taste. yet. But it's so tiny. One pound of teff seeds right, is enough to uh, grow 100 acres of teff. Where on, um, where on wheat, regular wheat, you need 150 pounds to grow 100, ac- 100 acres. So it's just the tiniest, tiny thing. And it's very fertile, right? Really easy to mm. grow. Sprouts in 36 hours. The fastest growing. Now, if you have a civilization and you don't have many resources, you want food that grows fast, food that's easy to grow. So this was the mainstay for parts of Ethiopia, parts of Africa for thousands of years. And again, it's really good for you. Now, how you make it taste, that's up to you. That's up to your skills and knowledge as a chef. If I make pancakes out of this, uh, they're going to be different than the pancakes that they made in Ethiopia 5,000 years ago. But Mm -hmm. I'm a trained chef. I can make it taste like kind of whatever I want it to taste like. Uh, it's, uh, It's usually ground into flour, and that's the flour that's made for bread and uh, any other kind of uh, batter or, or the mush or the porridge like we talked about before. It is gluten-free. It takes two different uh, components to make gluten, and that's gliadin and um, hmm, glutenin and gliadin. And Tef only has one of them. It only has uh, – it doesn't have any gliadin, so it doesn't make gluten. So this one is okay for you if you are uh, celiacs or if you're really, really lacto- or uh, wheat intolerant. High in calcium, phosphorus, magnesium, aluminum, uh, iron, copper, zinc, all of it, all in that teeny tiny little seed. This is another seed that I predict they're going to be growing on other planets. It grows very fast, and it provides food and nutrients for a whole civilization. All of these ingredients, some you can find at your grocery store. Some you have to go to either maybe a Whole Foods or a food town. And other ones, you just go online. You can find them all online. It's nice and easy. You click here, get uh, Amazon Prime, and it's in your door in a day mm-hmm. or two. Easy, easy peasy stuff. And uh, I have a pancake recipe for you on online using the Tef. When we made it at school, all the students thought it was chocolate pancakes. Because really? the seed, it looks... Well, it did taste like chocolate pancakes. It, it didn't exactly like it. taste like chocolate pancakes. It looks like they chocolate pancakes. got all excited. <laughs> I could just see chocolate. Them. Come on. Getting them all excited. What a tease. Chocolate <laughs> pancakes. <laughs> But I can make a chocolate pancakes, and um, this sure. recipe actually had vanilla in it. And one of the most uh, identifying tastes in chocolate is vanilla. Good chocolate is made using good vanilla, vanilla extract. So the recipe online has vanilla in it, and it's quite tasty. And you can serve it any way you like to serve it. You can serve it with maple syrup or cooked fruits or straight up or, I guess, whipped cream, anything that you want with it. Teff goes a long way. Any of these three grains can be prepared very easily and can be turned into anything you want to turn them into. You can give them a Mediterranean flavor profile, North African flavor profile, French, uh, Italian, South American. Once you know your spices, once you know the herbs, all the things that go together, they become whatever you want them to become. None of these taste amazing by themselves. Uh, They are just the the, uh, background. They are the, the palette that you paint your picture on. They're the canvas. So they have great texture, but not amazing flavor. The flavor comes from you. If you don't know how to do that, go to the website. Go to uh, yeah, chefpantone.com. You can find all the recipes, including the one for Tef pancakes. So it looks like you use some uh, fruit juice in there, uh, baking powder, uh, arrowroot, uh, of course, 
the Teff flour. And like you said, you can find them at the mm-hmm. Food Town and the Whole Foods and, and all that. And there's a Whole Foods going to uh, Palm Beach Outlet soon. I can't wait. I, I, yeah, so I heard that be, it's ready yeah. to open. So that's uh, that's going to be uh, an exciting thing. Love that store. All right, Chef, and you have the uh, Frika salad right here and uh, that we've been, we've been teasing everybody with. So we're going to go ahead and do some tasting now. And uh, uh, we just brought into the studio here. They, they saw the food and they came running in. We've got Julia and Curtis. Uh, are you guys ready to taste this stuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Curtis is like, I'm always ready to eat something. Excellent. So the frika salad is the grain, the frika that we talked about. You boil it for a little bit, make it soft, cool it down. Then we mix in. I wanted a Mediterranean flavor profile, right? As a chef, I can make it taste like anything I want. And I happen to like feta cheese and scallions and sun-dried tomatoes and garlic, a little salt and pepper, and extra virgin olive oil and lemon juice. So it's going to be of a bright, crisp flavor then you'll be able to taste all those different flavors in there you ready for that cool, cool. we got we, we do it now to have some see if you like it yum yums yum yums they're still standing <laughs> so it must be it must be pretty good it's delicious mm-hmm. isn't it good i mean mm-hmm. what the frika only has a, a mild smoky flavor it's what you do with it if you hate extra virgin olive oil and hate sun-dried tomatoes and hate feta guess what you're gonna hate this if those are flavors that you like, they're in your culture, or you're experimenting and learning about them, then you're going to love it. Because, Joel, someday we're going to get you crossing the bridge. You're going to um, you're going to say, Chef Pinto, man. Eat it, Joel. All these years, you were right. If That's it, all good. If it doesn't have a fast food wrapper, it's probably uh, <laughs> not going to be consumed uh, by me. But, uh, no, I'll, I'll eat some stuff. That's okay. I'm kidding. But, uh, so what are, we, what are we doing with the salt? The salt, I figured you wouldn't eat the frika, so if oh, you want to eat the salt, go ahead. Salt. Yeah. Does this need salt? No. no, it's perfect. There's no salt added to this, right? Because I know the ingredients. Feta cheese is a little bit salty. It's preserved in a saltwater brine, so I didn't add any salt to this. So it has some natural salt in it. And our job is to know how much salt or how much pepper, whatever, to put in it. And for me, it has plenty of salt in it. There's still people I know who would just take the salt shaker and shake it because they're addicted to salt. That's it. That's the real reason, whether they know it or not. Uh, they have trained their palate that they need more excitement on their palate. Get excitement somewhere else in your life. Uh, save your palate. Don't get your... Uh, yeah, that, Joel. Yeah. You know where, you, I'm you not know where, talking about Joel. You know where I will get my excitement? Is if we could have Curtis sing Freaka. Freaka out. Please. What? Oh. Uh, hold on. Freaka out. No. Oh, Freaka out. Say she. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> <You know? laughs> okay. Julia and Curtis, thank you guys for coming in here and trying the Freaka salad. I'll take another one of these. You yeah. could you could grab yeah. them on your way out. And of course, you could find the uh, recipe for the Freaka salad right at chefpantone.com. Up there right now, right, Chef? Oh, he's getting his mouth full. He's up there right now. <laughs> All right, we're going to come right back and uh, get another email from a listener. And, again, you want to go to whatscooking at chefpantone.com. That is the email. And if you want to check out uh, the recipes or find out more about this show or uh, Lincoln Culinary Institute, uh, Chef Pantone, uh, you just go right there to chefpantone.com. So we'll come, up, uh, come back right after this on What's Cooking Palm Beach. Hey, it's Sally from the Mo and Sally Morning Show. Be sure to tune in Tuesday mornings for my recipe of the week brought to you by the Lincoln Culinary Institute, a division of Lincoln College of Technology. Here's Chef David Pantone, Dean of the Lincoln Culinary Institute with your food tip. Hi, food friends. Chef Pantone here with your daily food tip. When the weather turns cold and the holidays approach, I know it's time for my favorite superfruit, cranberries. These little nutrient power plants are great sources of vitamin C, fiber, and 
vitamin E. Fresh, dried, or frozen whole cranberries have the holy trinity of health benefits. Antioxidant, anti-inflammatory, anti-cancer. Bing, bang, boom. Cranberries provide a knockout punch of nutrients. Don't forget to tune into my radio show, What's Cooking Palm Beach, Saturdays at 1 p.m. on News Radio 1290 WJNO. Sponsored by Lincoln Culinary Institute, a division of Lincoln College of Technology. For more information, visit my website, chefpantone.com. Welcome back once again to What's Cooking Palm Beach. I'm Joel Malkin here on WJNO uh, with Chef David Pantone. He is the dean at Lincoln Culinary Institute in West Palm Beach, right at 45th and I-95. Uh, and uh, we talk about everything food on this show. We love it. And um, we've got an email from a listener, Chef. Uh, and again, you can email what's cooking at chefpantone.com. This is from Sasha in Jupiter. She writes, love the show. It's all about that taste. Sounds like that uh, all about the base. That's funny. Is that what she's, yeah, yeah. Uh, she says, which grains are gluten-free? We kind of covered some of them uh, when we were talking about, I know uh, you, you said Freca is not gluten-free. Freca is not. Correct. Right. Good job. Right. I remember. Because it's a flour. It's, it's just like our regular wheat flour. So that's cool. It fits in right with where we're going on the show today. And it's so popular right now. People are paying more attention to their diet and but, and, but let me ask you yeah. and, and i know this isn't a health show and you're not a doctor but a, a lot of people th- you know the gluten-free is such a marketing campaign now if you have celiac disease obviously you want to stay from gluten but can gluten hurt you if you don't is it is it really does yeah. it put weight on you is it is it bad for you in any way if you not if you don't have celiac okay i'm not a doctor to, 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 where, but to I'm what gonna... you're aware of as a chef from the chef side and from my readings and everything so it's a protein. It's two. It's glutenin and gliadin. They mix together. They make a right. protein. So if you, if you uh, your body can't accept proteins, that could be bad. If you are celiacs, like you said, that can be bad. The real way is that if you find and you monitor what you eat, and if you get cramps, if you don't feel well, if you get sluggish, if you any of those kind of things, look it up on the internet. Then you might want to either take it out of your diet or wean yourself from it. Some people have a little bit of uh, um, gluten intolerance. Some have terrible gluten intolerance. Some are full-blown celiacs. So it's really getting in touch with your body uh, and knowing what you eat. It's really about monitoring what you eat. And uh, is it bad for you? It wasn't bad for our ancient ancestors for Mm -hmm. 10,000 years, right? I, I personally believe it's not bad for you at all, but maybe the other things that we're eating over the last 10,000 years, especially in our processed food American diet, has changed us so that now we really can't uh, tolerate it. Uh, but if all of these civilizations lived on it for thousands of years, it wasn't bad then. So okay. I'm a conspiracy theorist. I don't know what the conspiracy is, but it's something that's changed in our diets and our society that is changing our bodies too. So Sasha is concerned about which grains are gluten free. So let's give her let's give her some. Okay, so let's go with the ones that are gluten have gluten in them already. So uh, definitely wheat, right? All the wheat that we grow in this country, uh, spelt, kumat, farro, and, uh, and durum. Durum, right? These are all types of different wheat. So they come from different names from different countries. Barley has got gluten in it. Rye has gluten in it. Oats. Oats traditionally don't have gluten in it, but so many of them are processed in the same plant that processes flour. You really need to be aware of it, especially if you if you're, uh, have, like, celiacs. So you have to make sure you get organic oats and oats that are not processed in a wheat facility. What's good for you, what doesn't have wheat, is going to be buckwheat, corn, and corn flour is what we're talking about. And um, Jobs Tear and Millet is becoming very popular. Some of these are a little random. Some are popular. If you go on the Internet, you're going to find these things, and maybe they'll interest you. Indian Rice Grass, 
Oats, like we talked about, traditionally has no gluten in it. Quinoa, we talked about today. Any of your rice varieties, they are, they are grasses. They're not wheats. Sorghum, which this country was built on, we, sorghum fell out of favor, I think because it doesn't have a sexy name, huh? Sorghum. I've never heard of it. Yeah, and your great-grandparents and the, and the colonialists and the people who moved out west and it was part of our society, it was part of everything we did. And uh, somewhere, I don't know, I have to do a little research. Where did it fall off the map? Mm. Teff is there and any of the wild rices. So many of these things and even the ancient grains that we're talking about today were grown in the other countries around the world for thousands of years. But all these cool little farms are popping up in the United States and and specializing in teff and specializing in quinoa and they're growing these things here they're little uh, little now but hopefully they'll get bigger and uh, you go online you find them they have these kind of products they're all organic they come from uh, Idaho from Kansas from all over they're becoming americanized and pe- I, i'm just a big entrepreneur i love when people find something they're interested in start their own business they raise their families that's all good so you don't have to get this stuff from Ethiopia Get it from Kansas. How about that? All right. Well, this is What's Cooking Palm Beach with Chef David Pantone, the dean over at Florida Culinary Institute in West Palm Beach, right on 45th Street at I-95. We want to thank you for listening. We've got so much more show coming up. Uh, we are going to uh, take a look at food in the news and see what's going on this weekend, what kind of food events are happening. And we're going to do all of that coming up right after this. If that sound gets your motor running, it's time for a career with a little extra horsepower. Lincoln College of Technology is now enrolling for hands-on automotive technology training. Learn the skills that can help you launch an automotive career today. Visit LincolnEDU.com. Hey, it's Sally from the Mo and Sally Morning Show. Be sure to tune in Tuesday mornings for my recipe of the week, brought to you by the Lincoln Culinary Institute, a division of Lincoln College of Technology. Here's Chef David Pantone, Dean of the Lincoln Culinary Institute, with your food tip. Hi, food friend Chef Pantone here, and I have a quiz for you. What do the following have in common? Sweet dumpling, blue hubbard, red kabocha, carnival. If I throw an acorn and butternut squash, you know I'm talking about winter squash. Winter squash is a superfood, and they are jammed with vitamins. Vitamin A, B6, C, and E. They're great in soups, risottos, lasagnas, desserts. How about a nice butternut squash risotto with sage, pine nuts, and pancetta? Yum! Don't forget to tune into my radio show, What's Cooking Palm Beach, Saturdays at 1 p.m. on News Radio 1290 WJNO. Sponsored by Lincoln Culinary Institute, a division of Lincoln College of Technology. For more information, visit my website, chefpantone.com. Welcome back to What's Cooking Palm Beach with Chef David Pantone, the dean at Lincoln Culinary Institute in West Palm Beach. All right, now uh, we're up to the time in What's Cooking Palm Beach, time in the show where uh, you like to do food in the news. So take it away, Chef Pantone. Uh, Institute of Food Technology, some good, good food in the news here. Right, everybody eats these health bars. Everybody eats, not everybody, but most of us take a fish oil when you hit a certain age, right, Joel? Sure. Sure, okay. Because we know about the the omega fatty acids are good for our cholesterol, good for our triglycerides. So there's companies out there testing, replacing some of the vegetable oils in our, our nutrient bars with fish oil. So what's the first thing that you think of there, Joel, when you mix fish oil in a nutrient bar? Uh, gross. <laughs> gross. Okay, I'll give you that one. So what do they do, load it with sugar? No, well, they're, they're doing random tests or control tests, sorry, not random tests, to see how much fish oil you can get in there before it tastes like fish, right? Mm. And so, um, so they're still testing that, and I predict that soon we're going to have healthier bars 
because they'll find either ways to take the fishy flavor out of it. Maybe they'll use krill. If you're into this kind of stuff, you know krill, the tiny little shrimp things. Uh, That's like the new fish oil. They're a little more expensive right now, but I think those prices will come down. And I think we will be able to have snack food that's more nutrient-dense for us. Right? That's where they're headed. So if you are addicted to those kind of uh, health bars, even though they're not so healthy for you, they're usually jam-packed with sugar. Right. Yeah, they are, because that's why they taste good. I get it. Uh, They're going to get some more fish oil in there, too. I had this discussion with my wife a couple of years ago about making salad dressings and all kind of things with fish oil. And, yeah, she said I was crazy. (laughs) Yes, I was just ahead of my time. Thank you. And uh, here's the next big thing, okay? Here's what's going on with chicken and beef, right? For many, many years before World War II, pork was the number one food that we ate in this country, the number one meat out of pork and beef and chicken. After World War II, beef became the number one food. We learned things when our soldiers were in Europe, and we brought back, and we started the cattle industry. After that, we switched to chicken when we found out that beef was not always the best thing for us. And uh, the Chicken Council now predicts that in 2014, by the end of this year, our chicken consumption will be up 157% over the last 50 years. So right as we started turning into chicken, started to eat more chicken, we're up to 157%, and beef consumption is going to be down by 27%. I don't know what's going to be the next big protein. I'm guessing it's going to be Frika. If I haven't, (laughs) I think fish consumption is going way up. We kind of know that, right? We know the fish is better for you. And uh, I think we'll be getting more of our proteins from these grains as time goes on. It takes so much energy and so much many calories to produce one calorie of beef that uh, you could grow a whole field of frica with the same type of energy. So I predict those kind of things going up. Something strange going on in Nevada, I hear? I don't know that it's strange. I think it's awesome. Okay. (laughs) As a kid, I'm sure I was one of those kids who never returned my library books. I apologize. I'm sure there's a statute of limitation. I think I'm safe now. But uh, they have a food for fines in uh, Leon County and all of the libraries in Leon County in Nevada that if you bring in a a non-perishable food, like for a food drive, right? Sure. That they will dismiss your late library charges. So I just think that was a, a pretty progressive way. Yeah, it is. It's, it's you know, cool. yeah, it makes you feel like you're doing something good and you're getting your library books back there, too. I thought that was kind of cool. And kudos to them. Yeah. I yeah. said strange. Now I feel bad. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe they're going to start a trend. I, don't, I wonder how many millions of dollars in late library fines we have in the country. We could maybe feed all the hungry people if we – just a thought. That's above my pay grade. Some of the best foods to control your blood sugar and your insulin, right? This is everybody, when you hit a certain age, you're thinking about your blood sugar insulin level. And now that age is getting less and less. So many of our teenagers, right, and young high school kids are having problems with their high sugar content and uh, and diabetes too. So a couple of things you need to do. Let's see, high fiber foods with a low glycemic effect, right? Low glycemic effect, that's, um, that's the big trigger that when you eat the food, it jacks up your your insulin production puts you into a coma or put you into a uh, into a food coma mm-hmm. so we want to make sure we don't jack our sugar up so fast so you want items that are uh, high in fiber low glycemic effect best ones on the market right now chicken turkey breast fish especially salmon spinach broccoli sweet potatoes strawberries blueberries nuts cinnamon come on that's a beautiful meal right there that's a that's fantastic Always add exercise. Exercise is going to help you on your sugar control all the time. The big key, right, and you're going to hear me say it every single time, is 
If God made it, eat it. If it's man-made, it's processed, it's factories, it's chemicals, stay away from it. Moderation is the key. That's the key. All right, and limit your consumption of processed foods. There you go. When we talk about the Joel diet there. Right? <laughs> processed you foods. said that, not me. All right, um, and finally, we uh, always talk about all the uh, local food, against go- uh, food events going on around town, and I know they uh, had the Palm Beach Food and Wine Festival um, wrapped up last weekend. How'd that go? That was a huge success. I had a few students volunteer. They got to work with their idols from the TV Food Network, famous chefs, and when, when a culinary student... Um, what what they do is we provide they provide their talent their time and their talent so they work for free and they get to learn things they get to work with people one of them got a job offer how cool is that you go and volunteer a day you impress whoever you're working with so much you get a job a job offer right like that it's all about the networking a few of my chef instructors went to the event at the Breakers Hotel thought it was amazing two of my graduates were featured uh, Tim Lipman from the Culinary Cafe and um, Aaron Black from PB Catch. And um, tremendous, uh, Adam Black, tremendous success for food everywhere in Palm Beach County. I think it was just amazing. And uh, what's going on this weekend? There's a couple of cool things. Like I told you, when I do this show, my my personal goal is to learn new things. I did not know this. I'm ashamed to tell you this. But we have a couple of companies out there that do uh, culinary tours of all the different restaurants in the ethnic neighborhoods in South Florida. And you uh, can sign up for those and go on a day of touring. You have the Taste History Culinary Tours of the historic Palm Beach County. You get on little buses and vans. You go from station to station. You go and learn from the restaurant chefs. You go into the little cultural communities. And uh, you spend a day eating good things. Cost $40. If you want to Google it, you go to uh, tastehistoryculinarytours.com. Sponsored by Macy's. They have them usually every week. The next one is the day after Christmas, and it's down in Boynton Beach and uh, Delray. How cool is that? I need to take a day off and do that one time. All right. And that, and, of course, we have green markets all over town once again. The green markets are the best place, I think, for you to be. If you have free time, A, you get to buy fresh produce right from the people who grow it. You buy fresh honey from the guy or the lady who makes it. You buy fresh preserves. You buy everything, even the flowers and the pastas. Everything is from the people who made it. This is like old world. You get to meet your neighbors. You get to taste new things. You have a day in the sunshine. Come on, South Florida in the wintertime at the Green Market. Life's pretty wonderful. Okay, and you can always uh, email Chef at uh, What's Cooking at ChefPantone.com. Uh, Chef David Pantone, the dean at Co- uh, Lincoln Culinary Institute in West Palm Beach, right at 45th and uh, I-95. So thanks for joining us again right here in the What's Cooking kitchen, and make sure you join us next time. Uh, Chef, you're going to be doing some grilling next week, right? Grilling. Is that okay? Yeah, I'm gonna I think that's grill, always good. I'm going to grill quinoa. Are you okay? <laughs> no, no. Let's get some meat in the studio, let's okay? Some, yeah, so let's get some gonna, beef in here. We'll get some beef in here. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about some uh, tips on grilling, some different techniques, and uh, different flavor profiles. So make sure you join us right here on News Radio 1290 WJNO next week for What's Cooking Palm Beach. You've been listening to What's Cooking Palm Beach with Chef David Pantone, Dean of the Lincoln Culinary Institute in West Palm Beach. Tune in and find out what's cooking Saturdays from 1 till 2 p.m. on News Radio 1290 WJNO. If you have any questions or ideas on a topic, please email what's cooking at chefpantone.com. That's P A N T O N E.com. What's Cooking Palm Beach, sponsored by Lincoln Culinary Institute, a division of Lincoln College of Technology.